Welcome to the Adventure Church Podcast. For more information about Adventure Church, please visit our website at adventurechurch.tv. Now, prepare your heart for a message from God's Word. So today, we're going to talk about kind of the eddies in our family and how we can really embrace our family for what it is. And so I've actually titled today's message, Embrace the Mess, when it comes to family. Embrace the Mess. How many of you had a wonderful Thanksgiving? You see your hands? Awesome, man. We're excited. I was thankful uh, for a lot of things, but I was not thankful that my entire family got the flu on Thanksgiving night. Uh, and so Thanksgiving 13 was literally the most unlucky uh, Thanksgiving we could have ever have had. Here's what happened. So we're at my in-law's house, right? And so Jess's family is very big. She's one of six kids, and we all collapse on the same uh, house for Thanksgiving. And so when you stay there, you stay with, so every family gets a bedroom, okay? So my family has a bedroom. That means me, excuse me, and my kids. And so then her sister and her four kids stay in a room with her husband, and then uh, the sisters stay in a room, the brothers stay in a room, so we're all jammed into this house, and so, you know, about uh, six o'clock, Thanksgiving night, you know, I'm watching some football, you know, I'd eaten way too much, anybody else, right, you're there, right, eating way too much, and I just kind of get this feeling, you know, I'm like, you know, something, something's a little off, you know, not feeling right, um, probably just ate too much, right, Pro- many of you probably had that same exact feeling, uh, like, oh, man, Food just kind of stopped right here. You know, I just needed to get down a little bit. And so I remember taking Maddox upstairs. It was getting close for him to go down. And I was trying to find Jess to pass him off. And I walk in to the bedroom we're staying in. And Jess is laying on the bed. I said, Jess, what's the matter? She said, I don't know. I feel really nauseous. I said, oh, that's funny. So do I. I feel really bad. And so that began the cycle. And so what happened was about two hours later, uh, everything I ate for Thanksgiving decided that it did not want to stay. It wanted to come back out. And so I began, uh, the flu hit really bad. So I'm throwing up. Jess is throwing up. And literally, there's nowhere to go, okay? So the, the rest of the family's still feeling good at this point. They're watching football, so there's no going and laying on the couch and just relaxing and trying to get through the bug. The Maddox is, is sleeping in the room that I'm sleeping in, so I can't go in there. So Jess and I literally grab some towels and are laying on the bathroom floor, Thanksgiving night. I'm rotating between the floor when my back was starting to hurt and squatting on the bathtub and going back and forth to the toilet. This went on till about midnight. Finally, everyone goes to bed. But about that time, her two nephews started throwing up. Her brother, who was 19, started throwing up. Her uh, sisters started throwing up a few hours later. And it went through the entire family. The flu. So how many of you are feeling bad for me right about now, right? So Thanksgiving recap was not the greatest. But here's the deal. I thought, you know, what a perfect story to share this morning because what an illustration of what family and holidays are all about, right? Last week we talked about part one of this was close the gap between what we're expecting to happen. I I wasn't expecting to, uh, you know, vomit my Thanksgiving dinner, and I'm sorry to gross any of you out this morning. I wasn't expecting that to happen, so my experience of what I was hoping and what I was expecting didn't quite match up the way that I thought. You know, going to the in-laws, 
camping out for a few days with the entire family crane to the house is already a little much for me. I kind of got to switch my mindset going into that experience. So I lowered my bar a little bit, but I did not expect for that to happen. So I thought, God, you must have just wanted me to share that. You wanted, must have wanted a perfect story to illustrate that guess what? It doesn't go as we expect and family is messy. It's a messy thing. Throwing up, dealing with that, or family has to deal with it. We probably brought the flu bug with us, with our kids. They'd had some issues earlier in the week. We weren't quite sure what it was. So really, it was our fault. We got the entire family sick. They're still sick, trying to get over it. And family is just messy. And so what we have to do is in this is, again, we have to make sure that we're, being, we're closing that gap between our expectations. And when it comes to our family, is that we literally embrace it for the mess that it is. I love this quote. George Bernard Shaw, who Shaw was this Irish playwright, and he said, if you cannot get rid of the family skeleton, you may as well make it dance, right? You may as well just embrace it for what it is. And in the Bible, there's really a story that kind of illustrates what I would like to think from Chris's vacation, the Clark and the Eddie, right? You have Clark who is planned, preparations, everything going the way that needs to be. He's all planned out. He's got it all mapped out, the whole family vacation. Everyone's coming in. And then you have Eddie who just kind of shows up, who just kind of goes with the flow, who just says, hey, let's just take it as it comes. Let's just have fun and embrace it for what it is. In Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42, we find the story of Martha, Clark, and Mary, Eddie, As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, they came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted. Look at your neighbor and say distracted. She was distracted. So this is illustrating that she wasn't focused on what she needed to be focused on. She was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by herself, all by myself? Tell her to help me. Jesus answers, Martha, Martha, you're worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. And Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. So how do we embrace the mess when it comes from family? There's a few things that we can pull out of this story today that I think Jesus would still tell us today. And the first thing that we need to do when it comes to our family is to embrace the mess that it is. You need to be you and let them be them. Be you and let them be them. And here's what's going on. Again, Martha is trying to impose her standards or her expectations on Mary. She wants Mary to be her. Tell her to help me. Tell her to be like me. And now look, today this is an excuse for all you men or whoever else to say, hey, you know, I'm just going to be Mary all the time. That's great. I ain't got to do nothing. I'm just going to hang out, relax, be lazy. This isn't an excuse to be lazy, but it's not our job to impose our expectations on others in our family. It's not our job to do that. We want everyone to be like us, right? Let's just be honest this morning. If, we, if the world was a perfect place, everyone would be just like me. How great it would be. We'd all get along. We'd all drive really good. You know, it would be good. That's what we want. That's the idea. But the reality is, is that's not like that, especially when it comes to our family. I'd get along with everyone so much better if they were more like me. And that's what Mary's, Martha's complaining about Mary. Jesus, tell her to help me. Can't you see I'm out here doing all the work? How many of you are like Mary here today? 
He would say, you know what, I'm just relaxed. I just like to go with the flow. You know, I don't understand you people at all. You don't make any sense to me. I am definitely a Martha. I'm a planner. I want everything planned out. I got the, you know, we go on a trip. Everything's ready. Everything's counted for. We're ready to go. It's all mapped out. I'm definitely the Clark in our family. But I married a Mary. I'm a Martha, but I married a Mary. Jess is a, a Mary. She's relaxed. I'm the planner. I'm the prepper. I'm the details. Jess, just go with the flow. So when it comes to traveling to her family for Thanksgiving, weeks ahead of time, I began to ask her, hey, what's the plan? What are we doing? So who's all going to be there? Where are we sleeping? How's that going to work? What about the kids? Do we need to take that? Do we need to have this? How many of you are getting annoyed right now, right? That's me. That's me. And Jess is like, I don't know. It's going to be fine. I'll call my mom when we're on our way and see what we're going to do there, you know, what we're going to have, what, you know, how it's going to work out. And her whole family is kind of like that. She's kind of like, hey, let's just go with the flow. So we all get the flu. We all get that. You know, no one's, no one's coming to me going, hey, you want me to run to the store and get you some Sprite, buddy? They're just going, hey, good luck, you know. <laughs> go with it, man. Oh, you got to sleep on the bathroom floor. You need an extra towel. You know, no one's giving up their bed. It's just, that's the way it is. Let's go with it. And so in the family, it's easy for me to try to make my wife be like me. I want, I want my wife to be a planner. I want her to be a prepper. I want her to have it all figured out because I want her to be like me. And Jesus here in this story is saying, look, Mary, it's going to be Mary. So he looks at Martha, and she's going, Jesus, can't you just tell her to help me? Can't you just do this? Can't you just? He said, look, Mary's going to be Mary. Martha, you be you. So we need to understand that within our family, not everyone's going to be like us. It's going to be impossible. What a boring family it would be if everyone was similar and alike. And we need to learn to be us and be them. So we need to embrace the eddies in our family. Whoever that is, whoever's not like you, whoever doesn't plan, whoever causes the problems, whoever's showing up late and, and, you know, whatever it is, we just need to realize that that's them, this is us, how do we get along, how do we embrace it for what it is? I think the way that we can do that the best is we need to focus on the best in people and not their worst. Because that's the tendency that I have, because when they're not like me, I just go, well, you should be more like me, and everything that you're not like me like, that's what I'm going to think about, that's what I'm going to focus on, that's what I'm going to remind you about, so why don't you plan better, why don't you do this better, why are you late, why do you do this, why do you do that, and we focus on that, instead of just going, you know what, let's just embrace it for what it is, I'm going to focus on the good qualities that my family member has and what they bring, and, you know, Eddie brought, made things light, he made it fun, you know, I love how, you know, at the, where he brings the boss back at the end of the movie, right, and, you know, and Clark says, yeah, I have to apologize for my brother-in-law there's, his heart is bigger than his brain, you know, and that's what he says, but, you know, let's focus on that, Eddie had a big heart, he wanted to help whatever way he could, and although his family was a wreck, and he parks the RV, and he's, dumping sewage into the drain, you know, all the things that he's doing. Let's just embrace it for what it is. And in our family, I promise you, uh, and I've had to learn this with marriage, and many of you had as well, that I just need to embrace the qualities of my wife that are great as she embraces the qualities of me that are, that are not so great. And we say, you know what, I'm going to let you be you, babe. I'm going to be me when it comes to my in-laws, when it comes to the, the whatever in-law it is, the sister, the brother. So you know what, they're going to be them. I'm going to be me. Let's just embrace it for what it is. 
and everyone can get along. And that's what Jesus is telling her. We have to resist the temptation that we have to draft others into our own dysfunction, right? Because that's really what some of it is. Some of us are dysfunctional in how we plan and prep, and it's a little OCD, and it's a little way too much. And I want to pull others in to say, hey, you need to be more dysfunctional like me. And we need to resist that temptation to pull others and say, be like me, draft them in to what we're doing. So Jesus doesn't condemn Martha for doing her thing. He doesn't say, Martha, you're such an idiot. Why don't you just settle down? He said, no. He said, Martha, Martha, look, this is all good. But let Mary be Mary. Let her do her thing. You do your thing. I'm all good with it. But she's actually chosen something that's better, and we're going to get a little bit into that. He told her, Martha, you be Martha. Let Mary be Mary. So the first thing we need to do is that you be you. Let them be them. The second thing we need to do and embrace our family is, is you need to look in before you look out. Look in before you look out. Martha was telling Jesus everything that needed to change with Mary. How many of you do that? With your family, right? You talk to Jesus about him too? Oh God, why can't he just be more like me? Why can't you just change them? Why are they always like this? And so all of our prayers are focused around not us and and the things that God is probably really wanting to do in us. It's focused on the other people in our family that we want God to change. So we complain about our other family members and we complain about what's going on and we tell them everything that's wrong with the other person. And Jesus says, stop worrying about Mary and worry about yourself and what I'm trying to do in your life. Luke 6, 41 through 42, earlier in, in, in the Gospel of Luke, there's another story about Jesus in his, in his teachings. He says this, why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's, brother's eye? So again, that's illustrating family, right? Brother, why are you looking at your, the sawdust, the speck in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your very own eye? How can you say to your brother, brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when you fail to see the plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take, take the plank out of your own eye, then you will see clear to, to remove the speck from your brother's eye. So what it's saying here is that what we need to do, before we look out, we gotta look in. So God, this is my frustrations, these are the issues that I'm having, this is everything that's gone wrong, not according to my plan. Okay, what are you trying to do in me? Maybe it's something that I got. Maybe that I'm, I'm doing something to cause them to react that way or to respond in that manner. So I need to look in before I look out. And the problem with family is, is that we tend to judge those who are closest to us harder than we would a distant stranger. We're very hard on our own family, our spouse, our siblings, our kids. We're very judgmental. We're very hard because we feel like we have the liberty because we've, the, the time we've grown up with them or the time we've spent with them or, or maybe the seniority we have over them that we can just say what we want and do what we want because, hey, they're family. They, they can't get rid of me, right? They're not going to go anywhere. We'll, we'll learn to get along. And so we tend to judge them way harder than we would someone else. We extend way more grace to maybe even people we work with and maybe a neighbor or whatever it is than our own family, the people that are closest to us. You know, Riley, when we were uh, in Wisconsin, she, Jess's sister has four children. Uh, I think they're like six, four, three, and then a, a baby now. There's four of them. And so Riley and her youngest boy are like just a few weeks apart. And so Riley loves it. You know, she gets around her cousins and they're going crazy. They're playing, they're running all over the house. 
And so, but when you combine all those kids again into a confined space, you know, obviously they begin to fight over toys, right? That's mine. I had that first, you know. And so Riley was coming to me quite a bit and she'd go, daddy, daddy. She's not used to having all these kids around her. She's used to having Maddox and with Maddox right now, although pretty soon he's going to be whooping on her. She'll just take whatever she wants from him, right? He can't do anything yet. He'll whine a little bit, but then he moves on and she's happy. So with her cousins though, they're a little bit bigger and they're boys. And so they'd be like, no, that's mine. She'd be like, no, it's mine. I want to saw this fight. So she would come to me and she'd just start tattling, right? How many of you just hate tattletales, right? Just come to you. Hey, Daniel, they took the toy and I did. He's like, are you bleeding? No. Did they punch you in the face? No. Okay, then, then go, you know, figure it out, work it out, go back in the playroom. Just, I don't want to deal with tattling. And, and that's how it is. But this is kind of what was happening with Martha, it's her sister, and, and Jesus is coming. Jesus knows that his time is short, that he's about to go to the cross soon. He's just trying to hang out. It said he came to her house, and, and, and the scripture shows us that he, he was there, he, a few visits that he was there. He went there, he hung out. He's like, hey, I just want to hang out. And Martha's going, Jesus, Jesus, look at Mary. Tell her to help me, right? And he's going, what are you, look, let's focus here. That's not what I want. Let's not focus on our differences all the time, Mary. Let's focus on what we have in common. Martha, let's focus on what we really have here. We're family, we're, we're close. And so Jesus was very close with his family. Her brother was Lazarus. You guys remember the story of Lazarus? Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, right? Jesus was very moved. So this is like Jesus' extended family. He's very close with them. So he has no problem looking at Martha and going, Martha, look, you're missing it here. You're missing the most important thing. And quit putting, imposing your expectations on Mary and expecting her to be you and start looking in it yourself. We tend to judge those and, and do that and push our expectations on people. And we're harder on those that are closest to us than, than anyone else. We want our spouse to change to be more like me. We want our sibling, our brother or sister to, to be more like us, instead of focusing on us. Our prayers are very focused on what our differences are than what we actually have in common. We complain to Jesus about the situation we're in. So we need to focus more on our, what we have in common than our differences. Psalm 133.1 says this, how wonderful it is, how pleasant when brothers live together in harmony. Again, key word there, brothers. Focusing on the family. How wonderful it is when you embrace the mess for what it is, and you sit down at the table and you just go, you know what? Let's just get along. Let's just have fun. Let's just enjoy the moment. Let's just take it all in for what it is. The Eddies, the Clarks, whoever it is, whatever's going on, we need to make sure, though, that we look in before we look out. Jesus was telling her that she needs to, to stop telling Jesus everything that's wrong with Mary and start listening to what he's trying to tell her. So we begin to tell Jesus all this stuff that's wrong with our family members, with our situation. And he's going, stop telling me all that. Start listening to actually what I want to speak to you. We have a responsibility when our family comes together with our loved ones, with our extended family, to show them the love of Jesus. It's our responsibility to everyone we come in contact with. We need to extend the same grace that God extends to us to our family members. I'm thankful for God's grace, that he helps me when I'm uh, an OCD planner, prepper, got to have everything ready, and my wife excuses it, you know, that he extends grace to me and my own dysfunction and my own mistakes that say, you know what, Kyle, I still love you, I'm not going to give up on you, I have a plan for you, and we need to extend that same grace to the people in our family. He expects us to do that as a follower of him, to love them, 
to look in before we look out. So to embrace the mess of our family, we have to make sure that we be you, let them be them, that we look in before we look out, that we resist the nudge to judge them and to pull others into our dysfunction, to become a tattletale when it comes to our prayers with Jesus. And then the last thing we need to do is we need to make sure that we choose the better. Choose the better. Martha, Jesus said, Martha, Martha. And I love in that because he didn't just say Martha, right? Because when you just say someone's name one time, it's kind of like, Martha, listen up. He said, Martha, Martha, right? He's going, look here. Just, he, he, he wasn't judging her. He wasn't condemning her. He wasn't telling her she was bad. He just said, Martha, Martha, you're worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed. Indeed, only one, and it is me. And Mary has chosen what is better, and I'm not going to take that away from her. Again, it said Martha was distracted by all the preparations, and Mary chose what was most important, hanging with Jesus because the opportunity wasn't going to be there much longer. She chose what was more important in the situation. Again, practical preparations aren't evil. He didn't say, why are you doing this? Look, Jesus visited her house a few times. I think he probably enjoyed her cooking a little bit. And hey, here's the deal. I'm not a cooker, right? So on Thanksgiving Day, I, we need the planners. We need the, prepper, we need the people in the kitchen making it happen, right? Christmas dinner, we want those people in there cooking up the casserole and making the good thing and bringing the good dish. So Jesus wasn't saying that it was wrong, but what he was trying to say here is he's going, hey, look, Martha, do you remember? Remember uh, what I did with the five loaves and, and the few fishes, right? If I, if I want to whip up a meal, I'm pretty sure I can handle that real quick. I don't need you in here doing all the stuff. I appreciate it, but let's, let's focus on what's really important here. But Jesus did appreciate her cooking, right? And so Uncle Si would say, hey, people got to eat, Jack, so let's, let's cook it. Let's do it, but don't try to expect everyone else to do it. But Mary chose what was better. So you're going to have to prepare for the holidays. You're going to have to travel. You're going to have to do the shopping. You're going to have to dinner. You're going to have to host the guests. You're going to have to do all this stuff. But Jesus doesn't want it just to be about that. And you see, that was Martha's problem. She was so focused on the preparation that she was missing what all the preparations were about. Jesus is going, hey, look, the party's about me. Christmas is about Jesus. It's his party. The plans, the preparation, all the celebration, it's all about him. But we can get so focused on that side of it. Again, it's not bad. We have to do that part, but it can't become the most important part. Preparations aren't bad, but Jesus wants us to choose what's better. What's better when it comes to your family? What's better when it comes to the holidays? Jesus wants us to remember what all the preparations are for. Jesus is more interested in just being with you than he is you being busy for him. He's more interested in just being with you. And he's saying, look, Martha, Mary gets it. She, she, she's figured it out. She's figured out what the most important thing is. Look, we need the preparations. We need to do that. But, but why don't you put it down for a little bit and just come in and hang with me because this is what it's all about. And when it comes to your family and the holidays and, and the mess that it is and you got the Clarks and you got the Eddies and you have all this stuff, Jesus just going, embrace it for what it is. Choose the better. Don't get so distracted by all the preparations that you miss what the point of getting together is all about. Be with your family. He's saying, just hang with your sister for a little bit. Sit down and enjoy some time with your family. Sit down and enjoy some time just being in my presence. Spending time with me. 
But we get so focused, and Jesus said that, that she was, the Bible says she was distracted by all the preparations. And we can find ourselves in the same situation when it comes to the holidays. And if we're really gonna not just survive the holidays, but thrive in the holidays, all of us need to make that decision to choose what is better. To make a choice, to say, you know what? We gotta do this part of it, but I'm gonna make a choice before we even get in to the busyness of this season and everything that it's gonna bring. I'm gonna choose what's better. I'm gonna choose my family. I'm gonna make sure that I don't try to make everyone else be I'm just gonna embrace it for what it is. It's a mess. It's a mess. Look, everyone's family is a mess, okay? And if, if you're in denial about your family this morning, then you just need to realize it's, it's, it's a mess. Everyone has an eddy in their family, no matter what they're like. It, it, it's, it's gonna be messy, but he's just saying, embrace it for what it is. I think we have to make it less about the plans the preparations, I'm about to go off with the P here. Is that okay? The P words are gonna go off right now. I'm just telling you. Make it less about plans. Make it less about preparations. Less about parties and presents. And more about just being present in God's presence. That's what he wants. And we're gonna talk more about that next week. About how we can stay focused on really what it's all about. How do we choose the better in the midst of the craziness of our culture. Because our culture is crazy. And I can start preaching on it right now. But the Black Friday thing on Thanksgiving Day, I don't know how many of you were out in that mess. I didn't go shopping in it because I thought, you know what, that's ridiculous. We can wait a few more hours so people can stay home with their family and enjoy the holidays with people that they love. And so I don't wanna get off on that right now, but we'll talk about it next week. But our culture is crazy. It's consumer culture that we live in. And so as Christ followers, he's saying, choose what's better. And what's the better choice? Just embrace your family for what it is. Embrace it. Love them. Spend time with them. Don't get distracted. Take advantage of the opportunity that we have to be, just be with each other and to focus on what's truly important. So today, this is the commitment I'm asking you to make, and I believe God is asking us to make, and this is it right here is that I'm not gonna let anything that will ultimately mean nothing keep me from the most important thing. I'm not gonna let anything that will ultimately mean nothing keep me from the most important thing. And what is that? Jesus and our family. Those are the most important things that we have on this earth. Is God, our relationship with him, focusing on that and loving our family, the people that God has blessed us with, that that it is messy, that it is the eddies, that it is what it is, but he's saying just embrace it for what it is. Love them, be them. So we have to choose the better before the better will be gone because eventually it'll be gone. The kids are gonna grow up, Christmas isn't gonna be as fun anymore, the grandparents are gonna get older. Many of you are in that season right now where Holidays change every year with new traditions and people are gone. So we have to make sure that we seize the opportunity that God gives us to embrace it for what it is. Look, family's a mess. Let's just accept it. Let's just embrace it. You be you, let them be them. Look in before you look out. Don't complain to Jesus about everything that's going wrong with Mary. Just say, God, what do you wanna do in me? Maybe I need to be more like her and instead of making, trying to make them more like me. Maybe I need to relax. Maybe I need to 
put down the preparations and the plans a little bit and focus on that. And God, what do I need to do this Christmas, this holiday season, to choose what's best, the better, of all the distractions that are gonna come? How can I make sure that I'm focused? And next week, we're gonna talk a little bit more about that. The band's gonna come at this time and we're gonna close out today and we're gonna sing the song again. And as, as we were singing it earlier, I was just thinking, you know, Christmas is all about John 3.16, right? You guys see that at the football games? It's the most probably famous scripture uh, in the Bible that we hear more and more time again. And, and what is that? For God so loved the world, right, that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but shall have everlasting life. And, and that's really what Christmas is, is. We're just saying the song that love came down and rescued me. That's Christmas. Jesus, God, love. The Bible says God is love, that he so loved us that he gave the best present that anyone could ever give. And so we have to, again, make a choice, choose the better of the choices that we have in this life. And he's saying, choose love. Choose, what, choose the gift. And that's what Jesus is. Jesus is a gift that was freely given. The Bible says salvation is a gift that's freely given. But just as any gift that you get, right, what do you have to do? You have to unwrap it. You have to open it up. You have to put it to use in your life. That's what a gift is. So today, I don't know where you're at in your walk with God, in your relationship with him. But today, I believe God is saying this, that I'm not going to let anything that will ultimately mean nothing. So what is that anything for you? Maybe it's some, some issues, a relationship that you're in. Maybe it's some old habits, you know, and it's, and these are things that are separating me from what I really know that God wants for my life. And I'm focusing all of my energy on these things and ultimately they're gonna mean nothing. When it comes to the end, the only thing that goes to heaven is your soul and the people around you that you've impacted for God. It's the only thing that matters. That's it. The only eternal things in this world are people. So maybe today you're just focused on the wrong things, but where are you at with God? Is there things that you're choosing other than him that really in the long run are gonna mean nothing to you? Today God's saying, choose what's better. Choose me.